Hello and welcome back to Turf Talk. We are now midway through Royal Ascot, so it's time to get stuck into the races on Friday and Saturday. My name's Lewis Tomlinson, as per usual. I'm joined by Mr James Watson. How are you doing, pal? Uh, good. Better after just seeing Fedora Prince win at uh, the last at Ascot on the Wednesday. It's been a tough week so far for me. Not Lewis has been in flying form. Did very well on the Tuesday and we both tipped the last winner today for Jura Prince, who won impressively. Um, it's been a good couple of days so far. The sun's coming out now uh, near me and, and hopefully we can pick you a few more winners. Yeah, obviously the only winners I can pick are when they've been running over hurdles all season, Jim. We are a jump racing <laughs> podcast. <laughs> no, uh, it was basically a big champion bumper, wasn't it? It was. It's all it is. It's the champion bumper with a little bit more hats. Uh <laughs> As we start on the Friday with with the feature event, it is the Commonwealth Cup, the big three-year-old sprint group one. And they bet generally, this is Wednesday evening, 4-2 on Pierre Lapin, 7-2 seven, seven on all the, all the three Golden Horde, Lope, Fernandez and Kamara, 8-1 Woodard, 11-1 Millisle, 12s Munns, Tipple and 16s Bar then. Uh, Golden Horde's a member of the Turf Talk 12 for Charlie Wilton. I'm a really big fan of him, but I think you might oppose him, Jim, because you love Pierre Lapin. Yeah, I, I respect Golden Hall, and I'll talk about him later. But Pierre Lapin, obviously being a half brother to Harry Angel, he will probably hold some place in my heart. Um, I was really impressed with his debut performance at Haydock. Uh, he was he, he didn't break perfectly, but he looked green, uh, r- rallied well, uh, and won decisively in the end, uh, beat Invisible Charm. Um, he then went on. Well, he had five months off after that. Um, I don't know if there was any problems about that. I've not heard anything. Um, however, he then went on to the Mill Reef to take his record to two out of two. Uh, was very impressive in doing it. Um, he raced quite keenly, but he was still found plenty under pressure and kept on well in the final furlong to, to win by one and a half lengths behind Mystery Power. I don't think that race was that bad either. I know it was a group two as, as a two-year-old and... Yes, there's there's a possibility that Pierre Lapon might not train on, but um, given the fact he's only had two runs, he, I'd be disappointed if he didn't. Um, uh, I, I'm, I, it's clear he goes well fresh. We've seen that he had five months off and then he won the Group 2 last time, so I haven't got a, a question mark with, his, with him not having a prep run. Um, I, I think better ground will be better for him. He's, he's unraced on on soft or good soft but off Harry Angel he, he, he coped with it but he never loved it um, and I think Pierre Lapin could be a potential superstar in, in this sprinting division and uh, he could take a lot of beating if he reproduces his mill reform and he's extended on that I think the market has it wrong though mate yeah may, maybe the price is a bit short on him um, I think Golden Hard um as you've mentioned already, a turf top horse to follow. He won the Richmond and was second in the middle park. Um, he's a big chance if he's trained on. Uh, he's won when fresh before. The trainer's known for sprinters, so Clyde Cox on know whereabouts he is with him. It, he probably has the best form in this race. Do you agree? Yes, I do, and I, he'd be my he'd be my selection mate, especially at the prices. I'd have him fav over Pierre Lapin, who whilst whilst you can see that the potential's there. 
what Golden Horde has already has already achieved is you know wouldn't be far off what it normally takes to win a race like this if he's able to replicate it. You know, Earthlight was a very very good two year old. It took it took him to beat Golden Horde uh, in the in the middle park, and he wasn't far off in the pre morning either. He was just a very very solid you know two year old sprinter. Pierre Lapin, whilst he was impressive in the Mill Reef, I get and look you, you don't really know how much this this was ironed out but it was still very much a learning on the job type performance yeah t- to me and even though he's, he's reopposing the likes of a royal commando and uh chardon in here you know they aren't going to be group one they aren't going to be group one winners no they're not you know what i mean so it's it's just a little bit like pierre, pierre lapin in my head needs to have learned more and also needs to be better than golden hard already and that's why at almost double the price I'd be a lot keener on the Clive Cox horse yeah I, I get your point I, I think Golden Lords are cracking each way but um, could even be playing the forecast in this although it's such a deep race with the, there's a lot of nice horses in this who have been tried over different distances and dropping back down to that six it, it is interesting and and uh, Low P Fernandez Mum's Tipple are chucked, and Milila chucked into this equation um, Millar was the Cheveley Park winner last season. She was second foul for the Guineas. Uh, there was stamina doubts going into the 1,000, and it was clear that, uh, that, that there was stamina problems uh, over the mile. Dropped back to six furlong. I don't think it'll be no problem for Millar. Um, she has leading claims on that Cheveley Park run. That that was a good race. Woody, was it? Eh, I think it was better than... Uh, I don't think it was that bad. Um, Trobo didn't seem right in the French 1000. Raffle Prize was has run over an inadequate distance since. I, I don't think the the first three aren't bad horses, are they? No, they're not bad horses, but it's an absolute. It was a bit of a much of a muchness, isn't it? You know, I, I wouldn't be looking at the Chile Park and saying that's a race of the ages. You know, I, I, co- compared to the boys' form, I think it's a notch below. Do you think? This is me speaking as a man who's a fan of Raffle Prize as well, and I wouldn't have, you know, personally, yeah, you I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have run her in the Guineas. I, I didn't see her as a miler whatsoever. I don't, I don't see Millisle as a miler whatsoever. But I don't think, you know, I think she needs to improve on Achievely Park form. That's what yeah. I'm trying to say. Yeah, I, I get your point. Uh, I don't think she'd be that far off it personally. Um, Wooded, interesting runner, uh, runner for France. Uh, it was a very, very impressive winner of a Chantilly Group 1 uh, at the first... <laughs> I don't know what that French accent was. Um, very, very interesting in this. I do think the softer the ground, the better. I, I watched this race because it was pre-English racing and French racing was, was going ahead. Uh, I, I'm not going to claim to be a French expert, but I watched a lot of it. Uh, and Woodhead had quite a rounded action. I'd be... I'd be unsure about the ground for Woody if it if it comes up quicker. Um, had nice form as a two-year-old as well, over seven furlongs. Uh, but the drop back to six last time certainly seemed to bring out the best in him. Uh, he's interesting. And Mum's Tipple um, finished last in the 2000 Guineas, but wasn't given a hard time towards the end of the race. Um, was that very, very impressive winner at York. I've genuinely never seen a horse go past me that fast. Uh, and I've seen Harry Angel run and Batash, and Batash um, at Haydock before. But at York, Mum's Tipple absolutely hosed up. That was the most impressive winner I think I've possibly ever seen. Um, 
then went on to the middle park, was disappointing there. I'm willing to put a line through that and put a line through the Commonwealth, uh, through the Guineas form. It was clear that they, they tried to make Mum's tipple stay a mile. He didn't. So stepping him back to six is logical. He's full of speed. And I think he'll outrun his odds at 12s as well. It's a fascinating race. Yeah, I, I partially agree with you on Mum's tipple in that I, I haven't completely deserted the faith in him yet. You know, I agree this, this race should see him at much better effect than it was in the Guinness. And I know he came on lame in the middle part, but they were, you know, you, you, you're backing him here off the back of two dreadful runs. Yeah, there's, whilst, there's a lot of hope. Yeah, of course there is. And whilst I'd, I I think that he's closer to the horse that won the, the big sales race than the horse that was, you know, running like a classics handicapper in the Guinness, it, it's just, you know... <laughs> It, it, it sounds daft, you know, to say this going into racing, going into races, but I like horses who are holding the form. Yeah. You know, and if 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 not, I want to be able to make a solid excuse as to why not. And I think my excuses with Mum's tipple aren't particularly solid. You know, I, I, it, they involve some sort of leap of faith with regarding to him being a lot better at at six furlongs and it, rather than it not just being a bit of a flash in the pan. Uh, we've probably rounded off most of the field there, Jim, apart from two of them. Wesley Ward's horse, Kimari, and Lope E. Fernandez for Aidan O'Brien. I'll start with uh, Lope E. Fernandez, pal. Seven to one. What sort of horse is he? Um, it's almost a bit of a fact-finding mission with him, isn't it, really? They started him off mainly campaigning him at seven. They stepped him back down to six. Uh, for his last two starts, and then they chucked him in the Irish Guineas last weekend over a mile, and, and it, it was it was a weird race. The Guineas at the Irish Guineas last last weekend. Um, I, I don't know what to take from it. Uh, he hung all across them, all, all across them, and, and ruined Vatican City's chances. However, I think stepping back down to six, he showed he showed he had speed over that distance last season, uh, winning that current Group Three. He's interesting. You wouldn't rule him out, would you? He's Aidan O'Brien. He, he knows best. Look, look, we thought Circus Maximus was a possible derby horse couple, last year, and, and look what he's turned out to be. He's an out-and-out miler, so he can work miracles, that man. I'd, I'd be a little less keen on Lopi Fernandez than I think you, Sal, mate. Yeah, probably. I'm a little bit, like it is, I, I, I find him confusing. I, I don't know what I think he's best at. He ran all right in the Irish Guineas as well last week. As a sprinter, uh, doesn't particularly catch my eye. Doesn't take my eye. He's got work to do, you know, to be taking on the likes of Golden Odd. Horses who tend to in this gym, and correct me if I'm wrong, if if, if any of, if any of you know, gone over my head, are horses who do tend to just be campaigned as sprinters. You know, the likes of 10 Sovereigns who turned up in this last year, even, you know, he flopped, went on to win the July Cup. I know um, advertised one it last year being tried in the Guineas, but he was primarily, you know, a sprinter as a two-year-old, and the Guineas was a fact-finding mission as in in the vein of Mum's tipple. With Lopi Fernandez, he started out over seven. Yeah. You know, it's it's to to me, it's not a it's not the profile of a proper proper Group One sprinter, and I think he needs to show something that he hasn't shown on a race course before. 
if he's to if he's to win this. I know a hell of a lot less about the form of Kamari Jim, but Wesley Ward, a man to be feared. Yeah, for sure. Went close in uh, the Queen Mary last season. Um, dual listed winner in the US, which I, I couldn't have a clue. But he was just speaking to Sky Sports Racing just then, and he said, "Don't don't rule uh, her out because he thinks she'll run a good race." Um, on a second behind raffle prize, that that's not a bad run. We've seen the fourth come out and finished third behind Batash earlier this week. Raffle prize, we, we've mentioned already, is a question mark. Um, the step up to six furlongs isn't something that strikes me. Um, I, I think she's out and out speed. I thought five furlongs would be more up her street, but it's interesting they're going here for six. Yeah, that's a very, very fair way to put her chances, mate. Uh, to finish off on the Commonwealth Cup, then, mate, it's Pierre Lapin for you. Yeah, for sure. I think four to one, drifting out to four to one a bit now. At the stable form, and we've just seen him pick up the last race today. Um, I think Pierre Lapin's, he's the possible star in this division if if he wins this impressively. Uh, but I wouldn't underestimate Golden Hard hard because he's sort of the the standard setter and also. One at a big old price that I, I quite like uh, is my fancy for the, the Irish 2000 Royal Lytham. I think stepping back down to six for him won't be no problem. We saw him winning the July stakes. He was impressive uh, winning that. But stepping back down to six, we saw him over a mile last time out. Uh, I think he could outrun his odds at 33. Pat Cosgrave, uh, Cosgrave booked for that ride, which is interesting. I think that's his first for uh, Aidan O'Brien. Yeah, good shout there with Royal Liverham as well. A return to his best form would would you know could see him competitive at thirty threes. I think Golden Hard uh, should be the price Pierre Lapan is. Yeah. You know, I'd 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 have him fav and clear fav. Uh, so I think at seven to one, he's a he's probably the better of the day. Yeah, well, I've got eight Pierre Lapan, so that's probably why I'm slightly biased. I just I I, can't, I, I struggle to see Golden Hard out of the three. So I think an each way price is is a really, yeah. really tempting proposition. If I was to have a bet on this, moving on to uh, probably the second headliner of the of the Royal Ascot Friday is the Hardwick Stakes Group 2 for all the horses over a mile and a half. Anthony Van Dyke, 7-4-5 here ahead of El Arkham, 3-1. Eights for Defoe, 17-2. Fanny Logan, 12-1. Hamish and Mirando, and then 20s bar them. Jim, this looks like a really, 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 really tailor-made opportunity for Anthony Van Dyke to get his head in front again. It, it certainly does. In he's second in the coronation that we were all pleased with after it. Um, ran a cracking race behind Gayarth, having won the Derby last season and been slightly disappointing after that, all a bit with some excuses elsewhere. But I thought that was a really good reappearance. It will certainly improve and tighten him up for that run. Uh, I think he's a Thoroughly deserved favourite. He's seven to four here. It could be a good price, but we, we've seen the form today. Lord North uh, winning uh, early on in the day in the Prince of Wales. Uh, El Arkham was second to him in the Brigadier Gerard on reappearance at Haydock. He led that day El Arkham, and I don't, I'm not sure that really suited him. He, he got headed and he rallied late on. Uh, going up too furlong, I don't think it's no problem for him, even though he, most of his best forms over a mile and two. Um, but it, it's interesting this race the way the pace will be. Um, the fact that Communique has been entered in this makes me think that 
I don't want to say it, but I think the Johnstons might use communique as a bit of a pacemaker just to let Alarcan get a bit of a lead or get get somewhat of a run. Um, I couldn't see a lot of pace in this race, really. Um, that's what makes it interesting. And if it turns into a bit of a sprint, I don't think that'll suit Anthony Van Dijk. Um, but I don't think it'll suit many of the others. Uh, we've seen Alarcan speed over a mile and two. And maybe that might come into play if it turns into a sprint. Uh, it's fascinating races because there's a lot of horses that are at bigger prices who, if the rain comes, I think will be more interesting. Mirando, if it if the ground gets soft, he's a horse who we know we love soft. I think Defoe likes to dip his toe in a bit more as well if he returns to his form of last season because he was mightily disappointed on reappearance behind Anthony Van Dijk. Uh, interesting race, Lou. What are your thoughts? Uh, I, I I do think this 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 is a bit of a match between Antoinette and Alarcan, in my opinion. I I, I like Defoe as a horse, but I, I I I wouldn't say I even think he's overrated. But I'd be surprised if he was as you know if if he was as good as this. This is a better race than the Hardwick he won last year. And the Coronation Cup he won last year, it was beating a proper stayer in Kew Gardens and Salowen. You know, I, I, I think he was a weak Group 1 winner. You know, yeah. and this, this isn't a weak Group 2, if, if, if I'm honest. It, it, I guess it all revolves around how much improvement, if any, the extra trip brings out in a Larkham. Uh, you know, we liked the Brigadier Diazerad at the time, didn't we? We thought it was, on paper, it was a really strong race for the grade. That could have been a group two and no one would have complained. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's got to within a length of Lord North, who's gone and won the Prince of Wales as this afternoon. So you look at that, that form's right up there. And he still hasn't had particularly much racing for for one of his age, you know, he, he took a long time to come to the boil and it's it's a little bit like he's still just steadily climbing his way up the ladder. So I can I can see why people would like him, but I just think Anthony Van Dyke is is very, very solid and the, as long as as long as he's not feeling the effects of of, of Newmarket, I think he should win this. I thought he I felt he was underrated at the back end of last season. Uh I, I think his run at Newmarket, you know was the real him you know he, he he is a group one not a world-class superstar but he can compete at the very very top level I think Alarcam can as well you know don't get me wrong I, I wouldn't be put off the thought of Alarcam winning a group one this season if if an opportunity came his way you know it, it, I say it probably wouldn't be a be a classic group one but it you know he he's capable of if things go his way getting his head in front at the top level in my opinion but the trip should suit Anthony Van Dyke more we know it suits Anthony Van Dyke and there's a bit of guesswork in there for a Larkham and I wouldn't be able to say for certain with the way he's been running over 10 furlongs whether I'd be fully confident it would suit him uh, so I, I think AVD wins this and I'll be cheering him on yeah I, I think I'll be the same but uh, if LR comes falls in places, I could be scumbaggy each way, but um, just to cover Anthony Van Dyke. I, I think the price is fair enough on Anthony Van Dyke, but it's not one that I'll be plowing into at this moment in time. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that, mate. I think the market's fairly spot on, to be honest. Yeah, I think they've got it right. There's, it's probably just to watch and enjoy Anthony Van Dyke and let him have his, his day in the sun once again. 
It's good that there's a proper rival for him, though, and an interesting rival in a lack of trying to neuter it. Yeah, interesting very much. And uh, Fanny Logan back into this division is slightly questionable. And I was disappointed with her reappearance at Haydock. I know she'll improve for that run. Um, it was a funny sort of race. Pace quicken from the front. But interesting, John Gosden sent her into this. She's smart, but she needs to improve. Yeah, I'd agree with that assessment of Fanny Logan's chances in the hard week. Shall we move on to the Queen's Vars for pal? Yeah, can do. Uh, the group two for three-year-olds over one mile and six furlongs, four to one Cole Favs at this stage on the Wednesday evening. Al Dabaran, Berkshire Rocco and Santiago, five to one born with pride. He's, he's coming here instead of the Ribblesdale, 11 to two Nobel Prize and 11 to one bar them. Uh, you can back Cloud Thunder at 250s and London Arch at 250s. Uh, if anyone fancies losing money. Uh, Jim Frico favourites here, Santiago, Bark, Scirocco, Aldabaran. Are you siding with any of those three? I've been quick to slag Bark, Scirocco off so far this season. Uh, he's He was third in the Zetland last season as a two-year-old, and he, he was second to English King in that uh, derby trial at Lingfield. And, and I, I'm not 100% taken with the form of that race. However, in this, he is probably more rock solid than most of the other rivals. I think he's interested in stepping up another two furlongs into this. Uh, he's sort of the standard setter in this and, and I'm expecting him to run well. He's on the drift at the minute. He started at about 11 to 4 when I first started looking at this race and he's out to 100 to 30. I think that's a decent enough price for him at this moment in time. Um, and I'd rather have him over the other three in the market. So back, Shiroko. Would he be your pick, Jim, or Bournemouth Pride you like for the Ribblesdale? Interested to see her up to a trip this far this early? Yeah, I'd probably take a risk with Bournemouth Pride. I don't think the the price is fair enough on her at this moment. I quite like, I've missed out on the 7-1 to one that there were previously. I think five's getting a bit short now. Um, she was that listed winner on that debut. The form of that's turned out to be pretty good, as I talked about on uh, with her looking towards the Ribblesdale a debut. She was clearly not seen to her best effect that day but we, we know the form of, of uh, the sire on, on the all weather is never too good uh, at Kempton so I'm willing to put a line through that I, I think back on grass and we need a serious bit of rain I don't think the track at Ascot over the last couple of days has been riding as as soft as what the people were trying to make out I, I think it's good solid safe ground at this moment in time if the rain comes I think I think Bournemouth Pride's got an obvious chance but she needs to step up massively on that Kempton reappearance yeah I agree with that mate I can I can, I can forgive that Kempton reappearance but it's it's it was almost too bad to have let me to make me be keen on her here the, the, the one I'd probably side with, and it's very, very fractional, it's not a race that particularly interests me, if I'm honest, mate, is, uh, is Al Dabaran, the Charlie Appleby horse, who won, won the listed Padre Stakes here last summer uh, on only his second start. That's over seven furlongs. And he was useful in group freezing in France later on in the season, third in the Prix de Chien, uh, finished a length and a half behind Ecrivan that day, who, you know, things didn't really pan out for Ekrivan as, as people would have imagined last time out but you know we know he's better than he showed in the French skinnies and he was also second in the Prix de Conde 
uh, over a, over nine furlongs. It was ahead of a summit that day as well. Who's who's been doing really well in France's season? He's a better horse this time around, but it's probably a tentative pick on on Aldabaran in terms of him probably looking like he'd appreciate a step up in trip and having and holding the best two year old form. Do you not think it's a bit stepping up five furlongs straight away is a bit intimidating? Does that not worry? Who isn't really? Yeah, to be fair. Thought Santiago ran on a ran over a mile last time out. Born with pride ran over ten last time out, but was shite. You know, so it's not ideal, but th- there's more of them that are doing the same than are. Yeah. It's it's it, it's it's not it's not a race I will be uh, absolutely buzzing for, though, mate. This it's time not a vintage renewal, is it? No, it's not. It's not. Uh, the two two-year-old racers on the card, Jim, will start with the Group 2, the Norfolk Stakes, uh, for the boys, and they bet 11-5, to 5, currently on my at the races app, Eye of Heaven, Golden Pal, the Ward Horse, 5-1, to 1, 6 is the Leah Jet, 13-2, to 2, Lippy Zana, 11-1, to 1, bar them. Uh, Jim, I really like Eye of Heaven on his debut, form boosted today by Tactical. I think he wins this. Uh, yeah, he's certainly got a very, very good chance. Um, I don't particularly like backing two-year-olds at Ascot at that short a rods of two to one. I tend to look something slightly a bit bigger, but he thoroughly deserves to be a favourite in this field. He's he was a lot, the one thing I took from him, he was a rangy colt. Um, he knew his job really well. He was out well. He, there was some strong fancy for him in the market early on. I think I, I, I think he wasn't all that's all right at uh, Newmarket. I think the flutter track. With a steep finish uh, at Ascot, will certainly be more up his suit. Uh, and I, I certainly think he's got an obvious chance. Uh, Wesley Ward, who's won this race in 2013 and 2018, um, with runs Golden Pal here. I just mentioned previously about that interview with Wesley Ward. He said that's his best two-year-old that he's got this season. So it'd be interesting to see where he appears on, on the running order. The Lear Jets of interest, being bought for a lot of money, I'm presuming, by Qatar. Uh, used to be owned by, I think it was my, some relation of Michael Bell. It might have been even his dad. Full of speed on debut. Knew his job straight away. Made all, and he looked an absolute speedball. I thought that race was very impressive. Um, she and Murphy gets the leg on him now instead of SDS. I, th- I think he's got a solid chance. And I, I wouldn't quite rule out the third of that race. Uh, in Nelson Gay, he ran a, a good enough race. He went off favourite that day. Not often you see a Richard Hughes two-year-old go off favourite in these sorts of races. Uh, but he just ran green and, and learnt his job late on. He only was beat far length in the end. I thought he was going to be beat a bit further. He ran on strongly. I think twenty-five to one, slightly overestimating him at this moment in time. I think I think there's value in his price because if you like the Learjet, you have to sort of like Nelson Gay. Uh, he was slow away and he was green and he didn't get a proper rub. Um, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if he reversed the tables. Uh, and the other one that I like, who's been bought at the sales yesterday by the Phoenix Lady Syndicate, is Jojo Rabbit. Uh, started quickly on debut, as you'd expect an Archie Watson two-year-old to be, and was caught late on. But then improved for the second run the other day, beating a nice Easterby. Well, Easterby's been talking the hell off, off that horse uh, and beat it easy. I, I, I don't think 
Jojo Rabbit without hope. A question mark about the turnaround. Of course, you nearly had three quick runs, but I don't know what she's like to train, uh, what he's like to train at home. But obviously, takes racing well, and and I think twelve to one's a decent price about Jojo Rabbit. Would Archie Rotson's record in, in group company be a worry, though, mate? For a man yeah. who trains as many two-year-old winners as he does, his conversion rate when actually going for the big races is woeful. Yeah, it's slightly worrying. Um, it, it's something that I've never really properly had a, had a think about. Mighty Gurkha ran better than I was thinking today in the Windsor Castle, if I'm being honest. That's fair, yeah. Um, so maybe it's just the crop that he's got this season. Maybe it's slightly better. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think twelve to one's a fair enough price. But I'm probably gonna at the prices edge at Nelson Gate this moment in time. Fair enough, mate. I can't beat that. The case you made for him, I do like Eye of Heaven. Uh, like I said, I, I I'm similar to you. I wouldn't be wanting to steam into a two-year-old at Royal Ascot at round two to one. But I think he is a likeliest winner. So I like that you've come up with a a twenty-five to one alternative to make the podcast look at least reasonably intelligent. Uh, as we move on to the Phillies for the Albany, and Wesley Ward has William Buick jocked up on the favourite, flying Alifa at 7-2, to 4-1 to Mother Earth, Aidan O'Brien, 7-1 to one Satahe, 8 Golden Melody and Wheeler Bell, 10's Undertake, then 12-1 to one Bar them. Uh, Jim the Ward filly, what do you make of her? Have you seen her win at Gulfstream? Yeah, I, I was probably I'm, what, waiting for English racing to resume. And I, as I've mentioned, I watched French, I watched American, I watched everything. And, and I did watch uh, the, the debutant of Flying Aletha. I was very, very impressed. Knew her job really early on. Uh, she was the lesser fancied in the market of the two Wesley Ward. Lime uh, had also had a run previously and was beaten and was second. But um, she made all, she cornered really well. Well, I know that won't make a difference. On a straight, on a straight track, uh, went clear and won decisively. I think the step up for Furlong will certainly be no problem. Uh, ran over five last time, and I, I think she's got an obvious chance. Whether she reproduces a form back from the dirt onto the turf. If a ward horse wins this week, I think it'll be this one. I think I'm with you. I I, I was impressed. I've, I I watched I watched the win at Gulfstream this. This afternoon, and she saw it out really well. She shouldn't have a problem with an extra furlong. Looks very, very quick, and I don't particularly think it's the deepest of her uh, of races. Look, that that's what these sort of races shape up like this early in the season. Actually, if if you've got a two-year-old, I, I guess we've probably only seen around 30 percent of the two-year-olds will see this season. Some around that, you know, and. And if you've got one that might be half decent, you'd, you'd chuck them at it. Uh, Val Policello was a horse you liked on debut for Paul Cole. She's 16 to 1. I also was quite taken by Satahi, the uh, Roger Varian filly, who's sevens. Uh, Andrea Zaney on board, a winner at Newmarket on debut. But I would be with the Ward horse myself here. Yeah, the two that you've just mentioned, they won both divisions of the six furlong maidens at Newmarket on that day, too. I think that's where I'm probably going to be leading. Um, I'd probably edge for Satarfi, same as you, more more than Val Policella. Um Satarfi was slow away, under pressure after two furlongs, but picked up for pressure and sure to improve from that run. 
the variant of the variant, as if there's more than one. Roger Varian has uh, won this race in 2014 and won it last year. Uh, I think off the top of my head with De Gea. Um, I think I think that's the more likely winner. Um, but Val Policella knew a new knew, knew a job straight away on debut for the for the Coles. Uh, made all basically uh, very professional. Kept on strongly towards the end. I think 16 to one still a fair enough price. That were about the price of her own debut. I only. Had, Back to because a nice bottle of wine. It's called Val Policella. So yeah, I, I think this is as you've mentioned. It's quite a weak division this uh, this year. I think Satahi and Val Policella are probably where I'll be playing. I think they're a fair enough price. And you never know with a Wesley Ward or so that's the thing with me. I, I'd rather let it go and win than try and back it. I, I I'd usually take a similar. Uh... A similar view to this, but I I do like this final EFA, and sh- sh- I am quite keen on her. It also points out the, the difference between Watson as well, that he's a man who appreciates the finer things in life in that he was interested in a horse because it's a name of a nice wine, whereas in the Palace of Holyrood Handicap at 115, there's a horse with the name of my local Chinese. Uh, <laughs> Golden Dragon goes with James Doyle on board. Uh, Art Power. Though is the eleven to four favourite, eight to one will to win, twelve's never dark and dancing in the street, sixteen to one for Golden Dragon, uh, Maystar keep busy and eighteen's bar then. Uh, Art Powell looked a potential group horse in a handicap at Newcastle on the first day of the season. Jim looks like right up his street. This I hope he goes and does it for the East of his. Another five, get in. <laughs> can I just can I just comment that that was the smoothest transition I've ever heard on this podcast, and we've been doing it for three years. That was sublime. Um, but Art Power, as you mentioned, good win at York as a two-year-old, uh, broke better a lot better than debut, quick and readily, and it was nicely impressive. Um, and then come out at Newcastle and did not see another rival. Kept on strongly towards the end. Absolutely outstanding return. Um, Step down a furlong is uh, won't be an issue. We saw last time out. Uh, he's full of sp- full of speed, and I think I think he's the most obvious winner in this. Um, however, I do think there's a few interesting each way fancies in this. I think Never Dark's got a, an obvious chance. He dropped back to five furlongs last time out. Clearly saw him to best effect. He's up nine pounds in a better race, which he needed to to get in this race. And um, I think. Eight stone in this could be a, a, a nice lightweight and could capitalise off that. Um, he bumped into, well, he didn't just bump in, he, he just wasn't quite finishing his races last season over six. And stepping down to five last week at Kempton clearly put him in a better light. And another horse I quite like at a, a bit bigger price, at 16 to 1, is Keep Busy for John Quinn. Um, she had a, the name did certainly summed her up last season. She had 11. Uh, 11 starts as a two-year-old and, and she disappointed a couple of times but she rattled off a few wins in the middle of that and, and ran well and ran with credit uh, over six furlongs most of the last season. The, uh, the reason for this is last weekend she finished second to Lazuli at Sandown. That was a very, very good run, I thought. Um, I also think being drawn high certainly seemed to be a positive thing over the last couple of days. Art Power is also that. Never Dark, he sadly drawn in stall one. So I think keep busy in stall 21. 
uh, ridden quite prominently. Kieran Fallon takes three pound off. I, I certainly think that won't be no problem. Um, and I think sixteen to one's a decent price, even though I, I do think that Art Power should be winning this. But at five to two, I'm not really looking at backing something such as that in that race. I do have two at prices. Go on. Uh, both horses who ran at Royal Ascot in their juvenile year. One is Mighty Spirit for Richard Fahey. Megan Nichols on board. Uh, looked rapid early on last season. Was second in that listed race at York. Uh, the Mary Gates Philly Stakes. Uh, only one. Only broke a maiden in October, actually. Uh, on the ninth attempt at, at, at Catrick, where she beat the Bell Conductor, who's now rated in the mid-80s. She's here off 90. Uh, Megan Nichols takes three off. So running off 87. And her form is relatively solid, bumping around these lower end listed, you know, these listed and top end of novice races back end of last season. She was placed in the super sprint. She fully, fully wants a minimum. She's every inch of five furlong horse. I can see her going well drawn in 22 as well, which should be perfect for her up this rail. And at 33 to 1, I wouldn't discount Rayong oh. from running from running a good race. Back down to five furlongs, where he did show his best form. He was runner-up to Lund's Tipple in that big sales race, but he was listed placed behind Liberty Beach and Dream Shot in the Dragon Stakes at Sandown over five furlongs. That was a reasonable race. He's come on ahead of Al Rayo, who we spoke about on the podcast last week, who uh, ran in the race Lazuli won this weekend. Uh he was 10th in the Windsor Castle last season, which he'd probably need to step up on. But I'm just interested in him. His, his last race was in another sales race over seven at Donny, where he was down the field. I'd expect to see him better back down in trip. And I think of a mark of 95, he could be interesting if he's as good as he, he looked at points during last season. He's drawn in three, which isn't a, net, which isn't a positive. But 33 to 1 may just... Overest- underestimate him slightly sorry you know his his last effort probably had put down to being a poor performance down to the trip rather than lack of ability yeah I like that that's a, that's a solid shout the only thing that's negative is the jaw isn't it but if any yeah. rain comes you've, you've seen the jaw by his sort of change uh, when the rain comes at, at Ascot before and ran, ran in the papan so they obviously thought that uh, a fair enough bit of him um, 33 to 1 could be a massive price and the last race on the Friday, Jim, is a Duke of Edinburgh Stakes, uh, where people go orienteering. It's uh, it's West <laughs> it's Western Charm of the seven to one Fav ahead of eight to one for Durston. The reserve here by his tens, elevens, Elmisk, Medal winner, twelves, Dubai Future, La Donda V, Deja, Good Birthday, and Al Mufre. Dal Hariskel is fourteen to one. You mentioned on the podcast earlier in the week. Uh, you made a case for Dalhariskel for the Wolferton on our first three days preview. So I take it, Jim, that in a race that looks to be more more up his trip and in a handicap, you're keen again? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, three wins out six starts, handicap winner on good ground. He's beaten at group level twice towards the end of uh, last season. I think he'll certainly do better for age. The family normally do. Um and I, I do think he's on a fair enough mark of 102. I think 14 to 1 is a decent price. Um, and this is probably, as you said, more up his street. And I think he's certainly got a chance. Um, 
I, I don't really like much at the head of the market. I, it's, it's a right puzzle of a race, this. Uh, I like Ladon de V. He was a horse who, who seemed to be improving last season. Uh, I thought running around your Epsons and your Goodwoods, uh, he improved from 81. He's, he's up £20 since uh, his first handicap win. Uh, but he he was with Andrew Baldwin for quite a bit last season, but he's now moved to Huey Morrison. Uh, he, this will probably demand more, but I wouldn't properly rule out him improving from three to four. Uh, I think he's got a, he's got an all right chance at 12. I think Deja's got a good chance. Peter Chapel Himes, also haven't been running that badly since the reappearance. Um, the fifth at Newcastle, he was far too keen and never really settled and never really got into the race. Uh, he, he he tends to be keen, so if if Atsini can sort of settle him down behind a few of the runners midfield and get him settled, I think he'll run a, a lot better than normally. And it's clear he goes well fresh. Uh, I think he might run a decent race as well at twelve. It's just the just the point about keeping him uh, settled. Yeah, I see that, mate. I do like one at the top of the betting, which is Durston. Now again, the draw isn't. Hasn't been particularly kind, but I can't help by saying a lot of the ones that are in form and are towards the top of the betting also have whiffers of draws. Mm-hmm. You know, if it it is it, it's not exactly correlated, but it tends to be that it, it's almost looking on paper like the more the market fancies you, the worse your draw is. He's in four, <laughs> the fav's in three. Uh, you know, the third fav will be in nine if he gets in. Whereas you got all the sixty-six to one outsiders all look to have absolutely plum draws. So it might it might be able to get away with it in this race. Uh, it was progressive last season. Durston won at Donny over over a mile seven, and then went in at Chester over over this trip. Finished finished his race running in Group Company. You know he was he was third to uh, third in a Jeffrey Freer, well beaten to be fair, but he still come home ahead of Sexton and and Samin. You know, but back into handicap company on his last handicap start. He got to within a neck of Sir On Priestley. He's in here off 100. He stays further than this as well, which is always something I like in a big Ascot handicap. You know, I, I don't want I don't want a horse who is I fear I I fear may finish the race weekly. Durston's won almost over two miles. You know, he's beaten the likes of the Max We Can, uh, who, who are proper boats. You know, in on uh, earlier in the season. So I'd I'd. I'd be I'd be keen to take him to give him a chance at eight to one to overcome an absolutely dreadful draw and continue Jim Crowley's brilliant week. Yeah, Crowley's been flying as well. There was still a bit of five to one about him being top jockey as well. I hope people have swept up on that. He was big as twenty fives to be top jockey. Yeah, he's done really well, Jim Crowley, this week for Shake Hamdan. They've had a really, really. Good first two days so far. We'll move on to the Saturday, Jim. Eight races at Royal Ascot on a Saturday. Three group ones. What a prospect. We'll start with the Coronation Stakes for the Phillies over the mile. And they bet quadrilateral 11-4 to favourite here. Ahead of Run Wild at 9-2. to Alpine Star. Is she the joker in the pack at 5-1? to 6-1 to sharing for Graham Motion. Breeders' Cup winner. Fascinating having an American runner in this. Folk of Spirits 13 to 2, 12 so wonderful and 16 to 1. Love Lockett. Jim, this is a fascinating race. Yeah, for sure. Quadrilateral obviously brings the arguably the strongest form of uh, the English going into this, winning the Phillies mile last year and third in the English 1000. I thought that, that was a fair enough run in the English 1000. 
She was far too keen. Um, I, I think that maybe maybe she needed the run more than the trainer was expecting. Um, she's quite a big filly. I, I think she'll have tightened up a bit for that. Uh, and I think she'll certainly be there or thereabouts. I think 11 to 4 is a fair enough price about her at this moment in time. Uh, although I am a big fan of Alpine Star, Frankie Dittori, but for Jesse Harrington, um, was third on debut behind Love, which is, has clearly not come out to be a bad thing, but then managed to uh, beat Love in the debutant stakes group two towards the end of last season. Uh, I think she's progressing nicely. It's interesting that they've they've brought her over here. She did have an entry in the Irish 1000, but they ran Albinia instead. So they obviously thought more of Albinia uh, than Alpine Star, which is probably slightly a negative. Do you but, think? Or maybe they just didn't want to run them against each other. That's how I take it. Which is perfectly understandable. You've got two group homes within five days of each other. Yeah, you might as well split them up, mightn't you? Um, I, I think Alpine Star's got a decent chance of reproducing debutant stakes form. Um, I, I think four to one's a fair enough price. She needs to kick on again from them. Um, we saw her run wild, blitz the field with an enterprising ride from O'Shea Murphy in the Pretty Polly. Um, she was third behind uh, Bournemouth Pride, as we mentioned previously. Um, I think she'll need to improve again to be to getting closer to the to the main market rivals and. I, I, obviously, you've said sharing brings good form in from the from the Breeders' Cup, winning the Juvenile Turf, beating De Gea and Albania previously. Um, fascinating that they brought her over. 100% well done to Connections and everyone who have done that because it takes some cojones to come to England and, and run one of your best horses when you know that they run so well in America. She had a nice reappearance in May, won well enough. Um, and uh, uh, O'Shea Murphy gets gets the ride, and uh, I think I won't properly rule out sharing in this. Yeah, hope hope she goes well. Good to see Sporting Connections come over here. Winner of the Tepping Stakes last time out as well. Race obviously named after a former American Royal Ascot winner. Uh, it's a fascinating race. It, it's loads of good different form angles being brought into it. I'd, I'd, I'd stick with quadrilateral though myself, mate. Yeah, I think quadrilateral is rock solid, but I think Alpine Star could have that wow factor. Uh, I, I certainly think quadrilateral will improve for that. It'd uh, be interesting to see what sort of tempo the race goes. Um, I, I'm not 100% sure who will lead or who will do whatever. We saw Cloak of Spirits leading the 1000, English 1000, and we've seen Run, Run Wild leading that. So I think though. They'll set a fair enough gallop and let quadrilateral settle. Uh, I think they're doing the right thing, keeping her at a mile. I, I, I'm not 100% sure and I'm staying a bit further. Um, but uh, it's an interesting race. This is this is really exciting in comparison to the, no offence to the Friday racing, but the Saturday card is streets ahead. Oh, yeah, you're, you're spot on with that, mate. And that, that's just what I'd, what I'd say about quadrilateral. I kind of think on, on the balance of things, her form overall is the best in this race so far and there are obvious reasons as to why she can improve on what she's already done if she learns her race craft a little bit better uh, so that's why I'd be keen on her I wouldn't be surprised mate I can make cases for a lot of them but I'd, I'd just be happy enough to settle with quadrilateral I don't think she's a a, a poor price at 11 to 4 no I think 11 to 4 is a very very good price 
Um, but I, I also think I think they're all fairly decent prices in this for what they are. Um, it, it's a fascinating prospect. It really is moving on though, mate, to the rematch in the St James's Palace Estates round three between Pinatubo and Wichita. Pinatubo beat him in the Dewhurst. Wichita came home ahead in the 2000 Guineas and the 2 to 1 joint favourites ahead of Palace Pier at fours, Fret at tens, Arizona at 14s, along with Positive and Royal Dornock at 40 to 1. Mate, again, this is fascinating. How do you see the St James's Palace going? Um, I think I'd rather be on Pinatubo than Wichita at this moment in time. I think two to one a piece is fair enough. I think it's a fascinating, fascinating race. Um, also, you took threat and positive in from last season. The improving Palace Pier, who won impressively on his return. And you took Arizona in it. And if he's anywhere from his uh, two-year-old form, he's back in it. I think he's a really exciting race. Um, I don't think you should underestimate threat. I, I know there's question marks. Does he want a mile? He won over the seven at Doncaster. And I think I think he'll get the I think he'll get the mile. Um, but back to Pinatubo, we saw last season he was a superstar over as a two-year-old, um, most impressive in the national stakes. And third, he, he, I wasn't. I was probably more confident about Pinatubo after the Guineas than I was prior, like pre the Guineas, because I was massively against him. Um, however. Now I think he he's shown me enough to think that he should probably go off favourite in this. I think two to one's a fair price about him as well. Oh mate, I'm the opposite. I'd be with Wichita. Really? I'd, I am. After I'm fancying really... the ears out of Pinatubu for the whole of winter, a whole of the winter, you've switched. I have because I believe what my eyes tell me, and there there were reasons to believe. You know, on, on paper, as two-year-old, which two, uh, sorry, Pinatubo was clearly superior. At three, I've rewatched the Guineas multiple times, and I've tried to think, whilst you know, where where does Pinatubo get ahead of Wichita? Where where can he switch this form around? And there's 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 not a point in the race where I can say, right, that's where he makes your length up. And then you can also point at, at the reasoning for being, well, you could have expected Wichita to improve from two to three further than Pinatubo. So, you know, with if I was to be like a, a detective, I've been watching The Wire, mate, uh, <laughs> and, they have, and they have the big board out and, and they're all pointing to all things. The thing I'd conclude and deduce from the evidence I've, I've, I've maintained is that actually now there is, you know... You can make a case for why Wichita has improved past Pinatubo. I cannot make a case for why Pinatubo will improve past Wichita. And therefore, I'm happy to stick with Wichita. Yeah, fair enough. I think it's, they're both fair enough prices as well. I think two to one in the field is fair about them both. Um, I probably won't back either of them. Um, I, again, another horse to follow is positive from the Turf Talk 12 to follow. I like um, that angle as well. I, I think, I think they they had a hard race in that Guineas, and and I know that they'll probably both improve for that run, but I, I think that there could be your Palace Pears, your threats, your positives coming into this with well, Palace Pears had that return at Newcastle and was impressive, beating acquitted. However, threats coming here fresh, 
I think he's got a chance. A positive, you saw last season, he was second at Goodwood in the vintage sticks behind Pinatubo. I thought that was a very, very good run. Put a line through his last start in, at Newmarket in the Dewhurst. The ground went against him that day. That would be the only question mark. If it's soft on the day, um, I think that won't go against him. I think he's a proper good ground horse. I think he could probably outrun his odds at 11s uh, and threat as well. I'd probably, if you, if someone was doing a bet without Pinatubu and Wichita, or Pinatubu and Wichita against the field, I'd probably have against the field. Oh, I wouldn't. I'd go, but I, I, I'd see what the price is. If they were offering me three, four to one, that that would certainly interest me. Fair enough, pal. I'm I'm happy with which to make myself. I just I I can't come up with a viable reason as to why Pinatubo would turn the form around, and I buy the Guinness form as being quite strong. Palace P is clearly very smart, but needs to step forward once again. This is a little bit of a you know dip the toe into the water type horse. Horses like this have won. In fact, did was without parole trained by John Gosden when he won this. He was. And he was he was a horse who hadn't run in a group race up to this stage, was he? Yeah, he was. So no, so yeah. so it, it can be done. It can be done. Uh, but I'd 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 be sticking with Wichita myself, and you'd be looking at threat or positive. Uh, I think so. I think is the three, six, to seven runners difficult. Um, I'll probably sit and wait. I'll play on the day. Um, if I was to back one of the two, I'd back Pinatubu. But if I was looking elsewhere, I'd probably be playing threatened positive. Fair enough, mate, as we move on to the Diamond Jubilee Stakes, the 335, the big sprint for the older horses. Skeptical for Dennis Hogan, 9 to 4 favourite. Hello, Hume Zane at 4 to 1, 7 to 1, 1 Master, 15 to 2, another turf talk horse to follow from Racing Willow, that's Kadem. 9 to 1, Dream of Dreams, and 14 to 1, The Tin Man. Uh, Jim Skeptical, a son of Jealous again, who was a Wesley Ward Royal Ascot winner, <laughs> if I remember correctly. Out of her, by Exceed and Excel, picked up for a tiny price for Dennis Hogan. Uh, and the thing you'd conclude is that Yufton wins this. <laughs> I love that. Um, I, I, as much as I quite like Skeptical to win, I don't think he will. Um, no, Justin great... will. Pardon? Justin will. <laughs> He's not a seller around Dundalk anymore. Um, he was impressive on his return to listed action last time out. And it's great story, £2,500 cast off. Um, he's progressed through his races, Dundalk, and then he... he his recent start, he beat an okay field. Um, a few of them didn't perform. Don't you dare say Sergei Prokofiev good anymore because we saw him in the King's Thunder. He was awful. Jim, I've uh, never liked Sergei Prokofiev. I've never once said no. he's good. Forever in dreams was slightly disappointing on that day. Um, it, I, I can poke holes in the form. It was it was very impressive on Skeptical over five. Uh, stepping back up to six, I don't think it's the issue. Um it's just, and then no, I've been quick to crab the six furlong division, but I think Hello Yumzain's a lot more solid. Um, beat Calix uh, as a three-year-old, and he was third in the Commonwealth Cup, Sprint Cup winner, eighth on the Champion Sprint on heavy ground, which I thought was possibly slightly disappointing. I know the ground was was heavy, but I, I don't have him down uh, as being 
has not enjoyed heavy. He's run well, he's obviously won at, 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 at Haydock on, on soft previously. Um, I think Hello Unzone's a lot more solid than sceptical in this. He brings in the solid Group 1 form into this. I think 3 to one's a fair enough price to buy him. I think he's got... Um, I, I think he's got more of a chance than sceptical. Um, I respect him, but he's still got to step up again. This is Group 1, listed into Group 1, the big lead. And I think that a bit of hype's got around sceptical now because he's a small trainer, because he didn't cost a lot, because Frankie Dittari's booked. Um, I think the price has completely gone from sceptical. I thought Cardem uh, Racing Willows, horse to follow for us at Turf Talk, was slightly interesting in this because looking at Charlie Hildy's stable tour the other day on Racing TV, he's grown into a right fine beast. He's properly strapped up from his three to four year old career. He looked like he needed to put a bit of timber on last season, but he's certainly done that over the winter this year. Um, and, and if that's brought out any improvement in him, he was disappointing at the top level after his Stewards Cup win last season and didn't kick on. Um, but I, I think that if he has progressed from three to four, I think there's still a bit more improvement to come from him. Um, you, then you chuck in your tin man, your dream of dreams, your consistent runners in this. Uh, even Sands of Marley, um, Commonwealth Cup winner going back year, what seems like years ago. In fact, he didn't win the Commonwealth Cup, did he? He should have won the Commonwealth Cup, um, I think, because I backed him. He was second to Exidar that year. Um, he won the champion sprint, didn't he, beating Harry Angel? Uh, that's what stuck in my brain. I, th- I think you couldn't rule him out at the prices. If the ground turns soft, that'll certainly be more in his favour. However, he has got good ground form elsewhere. But I, I think this is an interesting race, and I'm probably going to try and beat the favourite. I think the winner comes from the top two in the betting. Yeah, I, I think that's more more logical, but I, I do strongly fancy Hello Yumsay. Yeah, I do. I, I don't think it's particularly deep, and at the prices I would be with Hello Yumsay, whose peak form is is the best on on showing the race. Really, I know he's it he kind of ended last season a little bit disappointing here at Ascot, but you know, a replicas of his Sprint Cup win would see him win this. A rep, probably he won't need to be far off what he did to beat Calix on quick ground as well. He's not. You know, I think some people kind of have pigeon pigeonholed as a soft ground horse, but he has won on good to firm in good company before, so I'd be happy to side with Hello Yumsay. But that's the thing with Skeptical, is that we have no idea just how good he is. He looks very good, and I can see why he is the fav, and I can see him blitzing him. Yeah. I, I don't see it as much, but I wouldn't be surprised if it happened. Who would... Who would your each way angle be if you want to look for one? Um, I mean, Tin Man, you sort of know what you're going to get, don't you? Um, I think, I think he'd be, he'd probably where you play. He, he's sort of most consistent out of this Carlton distance winner. He, he's won the champion sprint as well, and you sort of know again. I think speaking colours back down to six is the right move. Um, I know he's a big old price at 33s and he normally runs well at Ascot Carson distance winner previously. I think 33 to 1. But, you know, I'm going to say speaking colours. Fair enough, mate. Are we both, with Hello Humes aim with me, probably slightly more tentative than you? Yeah, I'm 100% with Hello Humes aim. The two two-year-old races on the Saturday, Jim, are the Coventry Stakes and the Queen Mary. We'll start with the boys. 
Uh, Admiral Nelson, 11 to 4 to win the Coventry, 11 to 2 for Carter, 13 to 2 Creative Force, 9 to 1 Lauded, and 12 to 1 Existent and Talbot, 14s bar them. Uh, in terms of British two year olds, Jim, Carter was the one that had impressed me most this season, and therefore he's the one I'll be siding with. What do, who do you make? What do you make of the Coventry? Um, I think Admiral Nelson's got a very, very good chance. You've compared him to me <laughs> in recent weeks. Absolute he, unit. He is an absolute big fella, isn't he? Uh, he was very, very tidy. I think he's the most likely winner of this race. Um, I, I think Kedar, what he did the other day at Newbury was was impressive. Um, he swerved and went left, but he was still going forward. Uh, I, I'm not 100% sure the form of the second, but the third has come out and won at Goodwood on Sunday. Um, I, I think that was he's got a good chance at 72. Creative Force, I, I was impressed with on debut at Newmarket. Uh, sort of made all on the, uh, against the rail and was never really challenged and kept on well. Uh, I thought he was had a really likeable performance, put his head down and, and knew his job fairly well enough. Um, and I also won at a bigger price that finished fourth in that race, Dart Lion. Um, he was very green and he was all at sea, didn't have a clue what he was doing, but he ran on well. Um, I think he'll probably outrun his odds at 14, but for me at this moment in time, Admiral Nelson is a possible absolute beast. Oh, yeah, so it's a good renewal, this, because Admiral Nelson really created such an impression last week as well, didn't he? He looked like physically an absolutely stunning specimen of a horse. Got the job done on debut. I really liked Carter, though. He, he was very green in winning at Newbury last weekend on the same day that Admiral Nelson also won. But it was, it was just at every single stage he was putting the race further and further to bed apart from I was going to say he was, I kind of felt like he was doing things right at every stage during the race because he wasn't because he was green and he was hanging all over the place you know he was kind of finishing the race running diagonally but I, if if you were to pick the winner after a, after a furlong I'd have picked Carter and I'd have picked him at every stage during the race you know what I mean yeah, and I, I like guess. that when, when, when you go through a race with supreme confidence and he doesn't really have to give you a moment's doubt uh, so I'd like for him to back it up here and keep the Crowley bandwagon going. I like Creative Force as well. I mentioned him earlier in the week when he was entered in the Chesham. Uh, again, really impressed by his debut at Newmarket. Uh, hope he goes well, though. I'd have been a little bit keener at seeing him over seven furlongs in a weaker race. Looks like one who will probably get further in time. Yeah, and I got a text in this for you, Lou. <laughs> Obviously wins then. £165,000 purchase from, by the Cool Silk Partnership. They like to have the two-year-olds related to Kingsgate native. I got a text. Um, was impressive on debut. Might, might outrun, a, outrun his odds here. We hope he wins, Jim. We <laughs> hope he wins. The new podcast horse of the season. I got a text. Up the Love Island, boys. Uh, as, we, as we move on to the Phillies, it's the Queen Mary. A two to one fav more beautiful for Aidan O'Brien. What a what a pedigree. War front out of maybe. Stunning. Nine to two Campanelle Wesley Ward. The Kodiak Philly six to one sacred. Tens happy romance. Fourteen to one Dicky Doodah. Sands of time. Uh, Jim, what do you make of the favourite here? Aidan O'Brien favoured in the market over Wesley Ward. 
I said I don't like to pile into two-year-olds. Money, that sounds wrong. Right, start again. <laughs> um, I said I don't like to back two-year-olds at two-to-one at such a short price, but I, I do think more beautiful should be winning this. Very, very professional and new, newer job straight away at Nace. Won impressively, stayed on very strongly. Um, I think five furlongs, fine for a uh, half-sister to Saxon Warrior. We all know what Saxon Warrior went on to do. Um, I, I think two to one is an absolutely cracking price, and I thought she'd be slightly shorter. Um, I was impressed by Sacred on debut for William Haggis. I think I think she'll be the best of the English runners. Um, Travel very strongly. She's bred beautifully. Related to Lady Eli, um, who was out in America, was a good winner over a, a mile and a bit further. So she's bred to stay a bit further. So the fact that she won over five on debut really impressed me. Um, I thought that that was a really, really good run. I, I like Dickie Doodar's performance the other day at the Courier. I thought she was very professional. Um, she made all and and won really comfortably under hands and heels by Shane Foley. Didn't really pull the stick through. Um, uh, she seems to be one of the better ones coming out of Jesse Harrington's two-year-olds this season. And another one that I quite liked from the debut at Newcastle was Pelikai. She knew her job fairly early on. Made all got on the got on the near side rail and and was easy enough winner. Uh, the farm has taken a slight negative with winter power losing to Jojo Rabbit the other day that I've mentioned previously. But I, I think Pelikai's going to be one of them Johnston ones that will be seen campaign toughly and um, probably consistently there and thereabouts. Very very well assessed, mate. I can't probably add much more to that than what you've already said. More beautiful is the obvious one. You know, really impressive on her debut at Nace last week and the market probably has it right that she's the likeliest winner of this. But I'd be happy to cheer home the ones you mentioned, Dickie Doodar and Pelikai, mate. Good cases for them at bigger prices. The Wesley Ward horse has the Tory on board this time as well. A winner at Gulfstream, only at the back end of May, so it might not be as forward as the rest of the Ward team, you know, who who've seemed to be at doing their winning earlier in the season. Uh, but it's probably going to be a watch and enjoy race, especially with a short price favourite for me, mate, in, in a two-year-old race. Yeah, fair point. I think two-to-one's cracking value. So I, I'm I'm off. I'm going, where's odds checker? Let's get on. I'll let, I'll let you take control of the sat-nav today, mate. Do we want to go silver Wokingham first or Wokingham? Go silver Wokingham, then Wokingham. Right, we'll start with the consolation race and it kicks a Saturday off at 12.40 and the bet general 6-1 Swindler, 9-1 Blue Mist and Aplomb, 14th Burmese Waltz, 16th Count Dorsey, Louis de Palma, Ember, Wolver, Nahar and Gunmetal, 18-1 bar them. What's on your shortlist, James? Um, I've managed to whittle this down, field down to just one runner. Oh, um, got one. And I, I, I strongly fancy Ember. Um Consistent in big field handicaps for Richard Hannon. Uh, ran the other day at Doncaster and Forth. Uh, sort of catching the eye, really. Midfield didn't really get the gaps when he wanted, uh, but got running late on. Uh, I think the step back up to six furlongs will certainly suit him. He's three pounds above his last winning mark. Um, but for Hammer Hansen, who we saw win on Corder Lion the other day, takes that five pounds off. Two, so that, so that makes him even better, the handicap. And I, I, I feel like he's one of the more consistent and trustworthy ones in this. 
Uh, and a stall of 17 certainly isn't a negative, as we've seen in the first two days. You've wanted to be drawn highly over the straight course. And I, I think he's a cracking bet at, four, at 14 to 1. I also have a short list of one for this, Jim. And I like Count Dorsey. The Tim Easterby horse with O'Shea Murphy jocked up. Uh, joined the Easterbys from Ireland midway through last season. Uh, and was a rapid improver for them. Won three times. Uh, as well as finishing second twice in big handicaps. Including behind Moskill. Uh, at York in October, won the Catrick Dash on his final start last season. I made a really pleasing return at Newmarket on Guinea's Day when third behind McInar and Copper Knight over five furlongs. Those two are proper, proper rapid speed balls, aren't they? Proper out-and-out five furlong types. Count Dorsey, I can see going slightly further. All his runs for Easterby so far have been over five. But I don't think an extra furlong will be a problem for him as much as it would be for a horse like Copper Knight, who he finished behind last time. You know, it it, it comes here off off a mark of 96, which I think is fair. Still improving. That was probably the toughest race he ever took part in last time at Newmarket. You know, I say the likes of Copper Knight. Copper Knight's a borderline black type animal. You know, and he was he, he was competing fairly well in there. And at 16 to 1, I'd hope an extra furlong wouldn't be a problem because, you know, his last his last four, five runs have all been really, really good. Steps forward every single time. Uh, returned well, you know. I say I find it hard to back a horse after one poor run, you know, on, especially on a seasonal reappearance. I kind of have to think, well, if the evidence isn't there that they've retained ability, it puts me off. We've counted all say the evidence is there that he's retained ability and he was progressing last season. So he'd be my pick. Yeah, he was campaigning over six up. as well, wasn't he, as a, as a two and three-year-old? Yeah, he, he, has, he has ran over six in Ireland and I guess it, you could say he's slightly worrying that he hasn't for his new yard. Yeah. You know, if, if, if they've... But, look, they wouldn't have entered him if they didn't think he had a chance, you know. Yeah, fair it's not like yeah. it's not like he's running in the either. Uh, <laughs> so it'd be Count Dorsey for me in the Silver Wokingham and James Fancy's Embor. We move on to the real thing, Jim the Wokingham, the last big handicap of Royal Ascot at ten past four. Mubaka six to one favourite ahead of Bielsa at seven to one, who's now wearing King Power colours. That's gonna annoy people. 16 to 1, Tinto, Summer Gun, Silent Echo, Magic City, Highland Dress, Conchek, Jack's Point, 20 to 1, bar them. <laughs> Who'd you like for the Wokingham Jim? Solve this puzzle. The fact that Bielsa's in, in King Power colours will annoy people. That really made me chuckle. Sadly, uh, Leeds aren't, aren't marching on together. Um, my shortlist is three. Um, top of that shortlist is Dazzling Dan. Uh, he's a horse I absolutely adore. Um, he's so consistent in handicap. Well, I said that he finished ninth last time out and was possibly slightly disappointing, but he didn't look all, all at, at sea at, at Newmarket. And I know he's won and run well at Newmarket previously. He just didn't look right. He just never really was travelling. Um, never got on the right stride and, and was, wasn't was himself. He's, he's better form. He's on good to firm ground. And I, I, I think... Well, I don't think, but I think he he won't mind a bit of cutting the cutting the ground. 
Um, he, he progressed nicely last season and uh, he, he made his way through handicaps. And maybe the handicap has just got him in, it, in his hold now. Um, dropped £2 for his last run. I don't think that's a negative. Um, but he's a consistent one who, who I'll see probably running a nice race in this. Um, I also uh, like a, a slightly bigger price. He's like Gulliver. Uh, Ryan Moore booked. He won uh, a York handicap over six on soft ground at the beginning of, uh, at the end of last season, sorry, in October, uh, off a rating of 100. He returned here off just two pounds higher. I think if there's any rain in the ground, I think stall 20 will certainly uh, be a punishable mark to, to be running off. And my other one, uh, a, a bit of a, it's a bit of a question mark, but it's no nonsense for David Ellsworth. Sean Levy's booked up. Um, second to Calix uh, as, a, as a three-year-old and been running in graded races. First time in a, in a big field handicap. 98 rating, I think, is a, a, fair, a fair mark. Um, and I, I just feel that there could be a slight bit more progression to come from No Nonsense. He was slightly disappointing last season. Um, he's out of the Jeff Smith family of Lockdong and all them uh, sort of sort of horses. I, I feel like handicap sprinting could probably be more up his street this season. I think 25 to one's a, a decent price about him. I've got two I like in here, Jim and Shock Horror. One of them is a fav, but he's obvious. Mubaka, horrible draw in stall two, but hopefully he'll go similar to a horse of his colour and in his colours like Montafem, who overcame a horrendous draw to go really close in the Hunt Cup today. You know, I mean, he had so much in hand when winning at Newcastle on the second day of the season. It was such a tidy performance. You don't see horses easing down after winning sprint handicaps. Very often, and Mubaka really did that. He had so much in hand of Glenn Shield and Gabriel the Wire. Gabriel the Wire, I think, goes in the silver walking him. Uh, back on turf would be the worry. Definitely be the worry. He's, he's by Spatestown, so it's an American pedigree, and all three of his wins have come on the have come on the all weather. So whilst and whilst his two defeats have been on on turf. Exactly, and that's. That's what you've got to assess. That's where I'm. That's why I'm like thinking, how how literally do I take the fall? But he was so impressive that I'd I'd be hoping he's better than a hundred and four horse. Whether I'd be tempted to make him my actual selection would probably depend on the price. You know, it, if if he drifts above six to one, that might that might discount the the question marks about the, the turf for him. In terms of raw ability, I think he's the one who's clearly likely to be ahead of his mark, Paul. Yeah, on raw ability, I, I agree. My, my question mark was exactly the same as you. He's run on turf twice and he's been beaten. Um, I think he's he's the possible group horse in a handicap in this. Um, exactly. And, and he'd obvious chance, but I, I, I have massive question marks about his turf form. Yeah, that's... That, that's what it will be for me. So I, I thought it was worth leading with my backer because I do, I really like the horse and I wouldn't be surprised if he was winning. But there's not really too many group races. You know, the chip chase stakes at Newcastle over six furlongs at group three. You know, he could be winning races like that, but I'm just not sure whether we'd see, he'd be seen to the best effect in a race like the Wokingham 
especially from a draw that bad, even though I am a huge fan of the horse. So, Jim, I'm going <laughs> to pin my colours to the mask. Can I guess? Can I guess? Can I guess? You can get your first goal, won't you? Summer gun. Yeah, of course it is. I love him. Absolute legend. He just pays his way, though, doesn't he? Summer Gandhi each way, every time in a big sprint handicap. It's all you need to know about flat racing. Uh, and you know what? He was really, really good last time at Newmarket behind Tinto. 100 to 1 outside of that he was that day. Who opposes here. Sorry, he was 40 to 1. He was rated right 100. My, <laughs> my reading has got me a little bit dyslexic there. Uh, <laughs> but Summer Gandhi's just mad consistent in races like this. Uh, I backed him for this last year as well when he was fifth with the extra each way place that paid his way he was also placed in the stewards cup also placed in the st wilfred also placed in the air gold cup also placed in the challenge cup mate it's it's just so hard to knock him find me a floor in summer and you can't you know what i mean you can't win oh i mean he did win his last start at the back end of last season at wolverhampton oh oh sorry at wolverhampton <laughs> Pete Documenting, who was an absolute money spinner during the winter. Well, you take that back about my lovely summer gun. Uh, <laughs> but what you're getting, right? 16 to 1. If you're paying, or you want to take an each three extra edge and play six places, you know, is, is, there a, is there a horse who is more likely to be in the first six? No. You know what I mean? And that, that's yeah. what I'm seeing it. Pun, punting each way style in races like this. He's off, the, you know, the, the way to go for that is just horses who consistently, consistently run to their form. And the handicapper knows exactly where he is. He's around the 100 horses. He comes into this off 101, which isn't fair. He competes off this level. Uh, race, racing out of stall 14 won't be an issue. Team Summergand once again. And it's probably the first of about 10 mentions he'll get on the pod uh, this season because every time he runs, I'm likely to put him up. <laughs> that is that is a true statement. He's a sprint raising sand mate who ran a cracker today. He did, and he on was the on wrong side. completely the wrong side, wasn't he? Yeah, he ran really well. There was a stage where I thought he's gonna hit the frame again here. He's gonna finish in first six. He came home eighth, but what a run from the bad uh, from the wrong side from our mate raising sand. But it's some began for me, mate, and yourself. I'm gonna go no nonsense. Why not? I, I think I think he's he's got room off his mark. Um, if if he re- reproduces his Ascot form, I think he's got a good chance. It's the first time James Watson's ever said that he's going to be no nonsense. Uh, as we finish off the Royal Meeting uh, with the worst race of the meeting, uh, the one that no one cares about. Uh, so well done if you're still with us this far into the pod. It's the Queen Alexandra Stakes. Yay, uh, it only exists because it's old. Uh, Miko is a 9-4-5. Nicola Curry on board. Who dares win 7-2 uh, for Alan King? Already a winner with Royal Ascot this season with another jumper. The Grand Vizier, 4-1, who won the Ascot Stakes last year. Then 13-2, Nate the Great, 11-1, Fun Mac, 14-1. Infal, Black Horton running this last year. There's nothing that fun. Uh, who do you like for the Queen Alexandra, though, mate? It's rubbish. I think who dares wins wins this easy because Mekong's entered in the Gold Cup on Thursday. Um, I, I think that run might take it all out of him, no matter how he runs. Um, he's still running over two mile uh, in the in the Gold Cup, so I think I, I think he'll struggle to reproduce over two five in this. As much as I like Mekong, 
I think two to one's not a very generous price. I think who dares wins three to one, simple as that. Won the Northumberland plate in 2019 uh, at Newcastle. He stays well on the flat, and we've seen him uh, over this season jumping over fences uh, over two mile four. So stamina's shorter over this distance. Um, and uh, we saw Alan King win the staying race early on. And uh, I think that in this, he's got a very, very good chance, and I think he should be winning it. Yeah, I, I agree with your spot on who dares wins was the one I was going to put up, mate, in terms of his flat form probably being the best. Held his form well over fences this season. I find it hard to see anything else. Everything else in this really is just very, very slow. Uh, over than Mekong, who is very, very slow, but at a higher level than handicaps. But if he's running in the Gold Cup, which he's jocked up with Jim Crowley on, if, if you know, if he's turned out to, to you know, to run five miles in two days, hmm, you won't, you won't like that. So it might. Actually I've never done. Yeah, you've never done five miles in a, in five months, lad. Don't you worry about that. Uh, it might be worth backing who does wins now, because Mekong would surely be a doubtful runner if he goes tomorrow. Yeah, for sure. Um, you chuck in the Grand Vizier in this. He won the two-mile four Ascot Stakes last last year under top weight. He's possibly got a chance, but he, he's a horse that you can't trust him. Let's just say that. Um, sometimes he brings his best form. Sometimes he brings his worst form. Fun Mac was fifth and eighth in this race in 2017 and 2018, carrying a fair lump round. I don't think the handicapper... Uh, sorry, yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think his weight's that generous uh, in this carrying nine five. No, me me neither, mate. As uh, I'm happy enough to wrap that up, though I do think it's worth just giving you know Master Tommy Tucker a mention because he he beat Hudes wins at Kempton and we like to get Master Tommy Tucker in here because he makes us all laugh. He could have run in this. He wouldn't have fallen, would he? I'm sure he'd have found a way. <laughs> he will win a big race this season. I'm sure he'd have found a way, bless him. We love Tommy Tucker on this podcast, though. Uh, I think that wraps it up, Jim. I don't I don't know how many. 36 races we've managed to get through, about five hours worth of talking to each other. Uh, I'm enjoying Royal Ascot, though, pal. It's yeah. not quite Cheltenham, but it does a job. I've, I've not had a very profitable one so, so far but um, hopefully we can have a bit better when Pierre Lapin romps home and, uh, in the next couple of days Yeah we hope we found you some winners there, uh, we hope you've enjoyed listening to us, we'll be back doing all the reviews as well at some point next week, uh, thanks for listening to Turf Talk and we'll see you all again soon See you later